0: left this is george g and the time is right welcome today's guest strong powerful viril patel dr patel are you ready to do this yep let's do it let's go dr viril is the founder and ceo of radish their telehealth company meeting the needs created by an overstretched healthcare system they are keeping organizations happy healthy and productive by making primary care nutritional services and All overall wellness programs available for every employee. Dr. Patel, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do.
1: So uh, I live in uh, New York City, moved here uh, 12 years ago uh, for emergency medicine residency. Um, I worked pretty high level as a physician here in New York at various hospitals um, and even was a director of a large emergency room here before jumping ship. Um, as I saw a lot of problems in healthcare, especially on the care delivery side, worked at Oscar, the health insurance company for a few years. And really what I recognized was that people, even with really good insurance and great degrees and terminal degrees, like lawyers and doctors and, um, you know, people in finance, even with that, just don't know what to do when they get sick. Um, and I found that out because most of them just call me and uh, <laughs> a lot of my friends and family had a great experience in healthcare because they had me to call um, and not to do my own horn but i was available i knew their history it was easier for them and uh, we want to create that sort of doctor in the family type experience for all the people that we work with um and that's why you know we i started radish was to have that sort of uh, medical care for everyone is like you know i i want others to have that same experience my friends and family have
0: that makes a ton of sense. And it's interesting. That's probably always been true. Um, and then when you have for lack of a better term, new things come along that are really, really scary, like COVID, it's like, Oh my goodness, I, I got this. What do I do? It's different than, than, than how I am potentially differently sick than I used to be. And I have no idea how, how to do this or who to call is Is it knowable how many how many uh, people in in America have a primary care physician or they understand who the point of contact would even be?
1: yeah, so the the number reported is less than half of people under the age of forty actually have a primary care doctor, wow. which is actually much higher it, it, even that is higher than it actually feels because even those that have a primary care doctor, if you ask them what do they do when they get sick, their answer tends to be they go to urgent care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this with HR leaders that are doing you know um, educational pushes to get their employees to go to their primary care doctor over urgent care. Um, I've seen this with insurance brokers that should know the system better. And they always like, yeah, hey, I have a primary care doctor. I think I'm okay. And they ask them like, well, what do you do when you get sick? You wake up tomorrow, you have a sore throat. Where do you go? And most will say, I'll just go to the urgent care down the street. Right. And they're not calling their main doctor to make sure that everything else is taken care of. Um, and that becomes the ongoing health um, becomes something that is a check mark that maybe you do once a year, maybe you don't, you kind of get around to it. And then when you do get sick, you don't have that relationship that you've built with someone. Um, and you end up just going to a random place.
0: Yeah. Which is not necessarily optimal. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, you recognize this problem you see here's here's what i think a vision for a great scenario would look like that you're comfortable that you know who you can contact and feel like it is this we've got a doctor in the family um, uh, thing and i think that that's really cool radish it's are, why did you choose to focus on 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 organizations
1: so you know we I wanted the whole doctor and the family type relationship with patients and we had two options. Either we go directly to people and say, Hey, look, you pay out of pocket. Um, and you see someone like us, that sort of business kind of exists already. Concierge physicians have been around for a while. They're really expensive, like Upper East Side concierge physicians here in New York. Um, some of them charge upwards of $10,000 a year to have access to them. And, Going with employers, not only do we provide that benefit as a doctor in the family and just a better service, but because people are coming to us and not ending up at the ER and not ending up at urgent care, it actually saves the health plan money and it saves employers money. So the reason we chose working with employers is it provides our employees a great service and helps them decrease their skyrocketing healthcare Mm
0: costs. So how much of of successfully delivering healthcare is getting people to the right spot instead of having them walk into the er instead of having them go to the wrong place a lot i mean
1: there's some recent studies that have shown upwards of 70 plus percent of visits to the er don't need to be in the er and you know you can't we've talked about this in our team as well Historically, what people do during when when patients end up in the ER for the wrong reasons, employers and health plans try to educate them on what they should do and why they should go to the ER. They're always like, that's the person that's getting blamed. But patients in that scenario are not healthcare experts. They're is. That's why they needed the doctor. That's why they're in the ER to begin with. They didn't go to med school. They don't know that, you know, this type of toe pain is totally fine but that type of chest pain needs to be seen in the er that's not those are really silly examples and are pretty obvious to most people but then it becomes more nuanced as you get into other things and so 70 plus percent of visits to the er could be taken care of by a primary care doctor and it's not the patient's fault they have an ailment of some sort and they're terrified that They're dying, which is why they end up in the ER um, or urgent care, because they need that care and they have nowhere else to turn. So if they had that doctor in the family relationship with someone, they could pick up the phone. They could text that doctor like, hey, what do I do? If you get a response in a few minutes, you're far less likely to end up at urgent care. You're far less likely to end up in the ER. And more importantly, whatever you're worried about has been taken care of. Mm -hmm.
0: That, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I mean, when you have 70% of the people that are walking into an emergency room that ought not be there, um, there's the strain that that puts on what you mentioned. And just we all have finite resources and there's only so many doctors and nurses to be taking care of people and administrators to be bringing people in. So um, the more you can unclog that system, obviously the better. In terms of, of, of mental health, I know that just from my base understanding of employee benefits and when i think with a lot of employees when they think i have a mental health condition they look at their employer assistance program or something like that and then it's trying to figure this system out and i think if somebody has a mental health issue they probably wanted it addressed a little faster than having to go through a bunch of paperwork and do research online to find a provider
1: Um, yes, I I don't know if there's a, a question in there, but I think I agree overall with that statement. I'll take it a step further. Um, we recognize that exact problem. We started off initially as just a primary care company quickly realized that if you really want to take care of the whole person, mental health has to be part of that. So when we work with employers and work with their employees, not only do we assign people a doctor that becomes your doctor in the family relationship, we proactively assign you a therapist. Now You can always change that that person if they're not someone that exactly fits your needs. But what we've seen is that removing that guesswork and additional research that people have to go through to find the quote-unquote right therapist by reading tons and tons of stuff, that's one extra step from where the person is to where they need to be, which is getting some sort of help. And if we can just assign them someone proactively, we're seeing people that historically have shied away from mental health that have this, like, you know, still leftover, like machismo attitude of, I don't need it, I'm fine. You know, I'll work my own way through it, I'll get over it kind of attitude. And those people are now more likely to actually get the care that they need because you're just proactively assigning someone. It takes away the stigma of having to search some, for someone. It's like two clicks, I booked an appointment one more click and I see my therapist online, right? I see the friendly face and that's, that's how quickly it can start.
0: The stigma, very real. We've been talking about mental health as a, as a society a lot over the past couple of years, and that's not that bit a good thing, but then the friction of that, right? I'm sure that there's a lot of people who, and you touched on this. It's like, I feel like I want to, I think I need to see somebody or talk to somebody, but, the work that it takes to, to, to follow the current steps, a lot of people probably drop out and, and, and they quit. Is there, is, is, is that knowable? When, in terms of when people start getting the medical care, the mental or, health care. They need. Or, or they just don't get it because they give up.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess it's not necessarily knowable because you don't know what you don't know, but what is known is, of people have some sort of mental health ailment that could definitely benefit from a therapy visit. Um, I've seen studies as high as 50 plus percent of people on surveys have said they may benefit from a mental health visit. And I think that if you want to take it a step further, removing the stigma for those that have any diagnosable conditions, they should definitely be seeing a therapist. But I think people that even quote unquote are fine and don't have a diagnosable condition can benefit from talking to someone and talking to someone that is a professional that isn't biased, um, like their friends and family would be. Cause I think a lot of people turn to friends and family for this sort of conversation. Um, and no matter how good of a friend they are, they're going to be a little bit biased in some way, shape or form and which is far and so it's much better to actually talk to a professional um so i you know my hope uh, as a company is that we keep people healthy both physically and mentally and hoping that assigning a doctor to them assigning a therapist takes that guesswork away and people are more likely to get the care they need and in some cases that didn't even know they needed
0: what is the business case as as as, as, as you're approaching businesses it's doing a good job for your employees and and getting them the care that they want? Is it also reducing the the, the insurance premiums and overall costs?
1: Uh, It's both of those things. Um, So, you know, one, it's a better experience, right? You can hand someone an insurance card and say, look, I gave you a Cadillac health plan with United Health Insurance or Aetna or Cigna. Anything you go do will be covered by your health plan. That's great. But now you've given me essentially a credit card I can spend anywhere, but I have to go find the person to spend it on. And I have to do that research. I have to find, you know, call a bunch of doctors' offices and, like, hey, are you taking new patients? Do you take Cigna? Or I go to the Cigna website and figure it out, as opposed to you're assigned someone that's a quality doctor that immediately you can build a relationship with. And you know that that is the person you'll see every time you come back. And you're assigned a therapist as well to take care of the majority of your needs. So that's. Experience wise, that's point one part two is, you know, going back to my example of my, you know, friends and family with, you know, really multiple degrees and a lot of schooling and great jobs and a high salary still spend hours on end trying to figure out the healthcare system and what to do. So less guesswork and you have fewer employees sitting on their computer trying to figure out where to go when to get there um, what kind of doctor to see. You can take the guesswork away, just ask a doctor and what kind of doctor they should see if they need to see a doctor at all. Um, so more time in terms of time spent being productive at work and, or being done with work early to spend time with family. Um, we hear it all the time with our employers and employees that they're not taking that half day off to go get their annual physical because they're able to do it from the comfort of their own home. They're able to get their lab work on the way to work or on the way home from work, uh, as opposed to taking that time off to go to the doctor's office. Um, And then the last piece is, if people are coming to us and not ending up at the ER, our visits are way cheaper. We're primary care doctors, right? We we don't have the overhead that an ER does. And I know that, and it's not that ERs are quote unquote overbilling, because I see a lot of articles on that. And part of it is, As an ER doctor and working on the other side, I have a little bit of bias there, but when you show up at the ER, everyone is treated like they could have been recently hit by a car. They could have, could have a stroke, could have a heart attack. And that is the system that's created because it's supposed to be an emergency and you assume it's an emergency, which is why it's so expensive. When you talk to a doctor that knows you well, they're not spending that time coming and saying, What's going on? I'm not really sure what's you know happening. This is a major emergency. They know you. They know what's. They already have a background on you. So there's not that trust building relationship. So you can get to the point quicker and more efficiently. Um, and that'll help decrease healthcare costs both on for payers and um, and or in this case employers that effectively have become the payer of the health insurance system.
0: Got it. Nice. And are 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 you? geographically based are you
1: are you everywhere we're focused mostly in the northeast in the new york area currently um our physicians have licenses in what we when when we talk to potential clients we say in most of the states with a lot of people so the northeast illinois most of the southeast um texas and california um will be in all 50 states by early q1 of next year
0: nice it's exciting yeah. And how has the, how has the entrepreneurial experience been for you? Have you always been an entrepreneur? Is this relatively? I uh, no, I have not. I grew up in a family
1: of entrepreneurs. Um, but, uh, like I said earlier, I, you know, I, I moved to New York for, uh, ER residency here at Columbia mm-hmm. and then stayed on. I thought I wanted to be an academic physician that was a teacher, an educator and, um, potentially like run a hospital one day. And that's why I worked my way up as a vice chair and director of NYU's Brooklyn ER here. And, um, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, and I saw some interesting thing happen, interesting things happening in health tech, which is why I left. Um, you know, I, I still miss the, the opportunity to take care of people uh, in their biggest time of need. And I think that it, it was, that part of the experience and the, the gratification I still miss, but it's a different sort of satisfaction here um, as an entrepreneur, because you're building something that is taking care of a lot of people um, and hopefully can you know, grow to even more
0: people over time. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Vial, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with Radish?
1: Um, so they can learn about us and me at Radish.Health, our website, so www.radish, spelled like vegetable, uh, .health. Um, and for those that are looking to have a better healthcare service, um, both directly and through their employer, um, they can reach out on the website, and we're certainly happy to talk to them anytime.
0: Love it. What? Uh,
1: why did you name the company Radish? I am not a branding guru or strategist um i was talking to a friend who has since become uh later became an investor and advisor for radish um he's like girl just pick a damn name it doesn't really matter um we were sitting in the park and i'm like i don't know like what about fruit and vegetable names uh look there was a few different ones we wrote down and radish.health was available and ended up liking it. (laughs) So it's stuck
0: since, and here we are. Here we are. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did show Dr. Vero your, your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to radish.health, R-A-D-I-S-H.health and check out other great resources and reach out and find out if it is a fit for your organization as well. Thanks again, Vero.
1: Thank you. Have a good
0: one. And until next time, remember, Do your part by doing your best.